Greetings and welcome to Let's Talk About Books, baby, where we talk with your favorite LGBTQ authors. This is Anita Kelly, and my guest today is Linz Amer. Hello, Linz. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. Um, how are things in your neck of the woods? I don't even know what part of the world you are in. Uh, well, I'm in New England right now, but I've been on tour for <laughs> the past month or so. So uh, I don't really know where I am in time and space anymore. <laughs> uh, that's that's not a bad thing to be on tour for. I'm assuming it's a book tour. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing uh, promoting the book, going to bookstores all over the country, um, and also doing family performances for my web series, Core Kid Stuff. Oh, uh, nice. Really nice. So speaking about your book, tell us about uh, this book called Rainbow Parenting, Raising Queer Kids and Their Allies. Yes, uh, it is a parenting book, but it's also kind of like a queer theory 101, like the most accessible queer theory you could possibly pick up. And it's really about how to raise kids in a queer and gender affirming way especially if you don't know how. It's for anyone who has young folks in their lives and wants to raise healthy queer kids and uh, empathetic allies alongside them. Okay. And when did this book come out? May 30th. So it's still very new. Awesome. Great. And how is it being received? I think really well. Um, it's interesting. I uh, so I primarily do work for kids. So I do a lot of like LGBT plus education and representation for um, kids and families. So kind of pivoting my work to adults has been a little bit of a new thing. I started doing it kind of in 2019 with my TED talk that came out. Um, and that's kind of where the inspiration for the book came of like, oh, maybe people are interested in this. And also this could help me get my work for kids in front of more people um, who understand why it's important, right? So I've kind of been doing this like pivoting to adult work. And uh, with my kids' work, I'm used to a lot of negativity online. Uh, it really is the kind of work that strikes the nerve um, somehow. I mean, it's just videos of me and my teddy bear with my ukulele. But people <laughs> get quite mad about it. Um, and so the work for adults is uh, its just like a little bit of a different vibe, which I'm not mad about. Um, it's uh, a lot more people who are interested in connecting and having having conversations about, I've been meeting a lot of parents of queer and trans and non-binary kids and lots of people who, you know, want to bring up gender and sexuality with the young people in their lives, but don't know how, are intimidated by the conversations. And so that's what we've kind of, I've been having conversations about and chatting with people about and connecting through this tour and meeting people and meeting bookshop um, owners as well has been really exciting. So that's, it's, the feedback has been really, really wonderful because I think this is, a resource that people are looking for, especially in the political climate that we're in right now, but, you know, haven't really known how to enact it in their day-to-day lives. So I'm hoping this book, you know, through word of mouth, um, starts providing people with a solution and a bit of a roadmap for how to address the LGBTQ plus topics with the young folks in their lives. Oh, that's great. So this is uh, much more positive in that folks are seeking you out, seeking help. Um, rather than coming at you 
with other things. <laughs> yeah, well, and I also think that like it's really hard to ban a book for grown-ups. <laughs> um, so it definitely has uh, that leg up in that way where we're the ban- book bannings and the, the targeted harassment really is very specifically on LGBTQ plus content aimed at kids, which certainly is my web series. But this book is like a little adjacent to it in like, okay, you know, if we're looking at a state like Florida and all of these horrible bills that Governor Ron DeSantis is passing, uh, you know, he's taking LGBTQ plus education out of schools, they're banning books. But, you know, this book is like kind of a loophole. So, you know, a, a parent has a kid who's in a school district where they can't talk about LGBTQ plus stuff in school, but they pick up my book and they can bring that into their home. So it's this like kind of sneaky way of getting past a lot of the tumult that's happening right now. So it's really um, a great resource for parents and allies of LGBTQ plus kids. Uh, Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. So you also have another book that I saw when I was uh, doing a little research here that is coming out next next fall, not uh, fall yes. 23, but fall 24. And it's actually a Correct. picture book called Hooray mm-hmm. for She, He, Z, and They. Um, so tell us about this book. Yeah, I'm really excited about the picture book. I have been wanting to uh, do a picture book for about as long as I've been doing the web series. So it was really exciting when that finally kind of came to fruition. Uh, it's, uh, as you can probably tell from the title, it's a pronoun book. We're talking about lots of different kinds of pronouns, but I think what makes it unique is that we're talking about the way that pronouns make us feel and recognizing, I'm sorry, um, I'm kind of in a weird room in a hotel. Um, (laughs) um, uh, it's about, Um, recognizing how our pronouns make us feel and helping children recognize this feeling of gender euphoria. So that's really what the book is about. Okay, where does my gender joy come from? And how can pronouns help me express that? And the subtitle of the book is What Are Your Pronouns Today? Which feeds directly into the parenting book because I have a section, of course, on how to talk about gender with young people in your lives. And part of that is establishing a pronoun practice with your child. What are your pronouns today? And sharing your pronouns with them as well. And I think that that's a really important thing to do in in relationship with young people. And I hope that the picture book can tie directly into the practices that people are implementing from my parenting book and using the picture book as a visual tool for having that conversation. So what influenced you to write like a, a children's picture book, because that's really, uh, it's very different from the your book that just came out. Yeah, picture book writing is difficult. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, it is. It's, it's certainly very different from the parenting book, yes. Um, I, I mean, I really started and worked for kids. Um, so that's my background is in theater for young audiences and children's storytelling. And I, that's kind of where my web series came from. And picture books were kind of an organic next thing to do in that realm. Um, and the p- parenting book kind of happened to come first in terms of like what sold first in like the publishing world. Um, but uh, I had been writing, you know, picture book manuscripts and trying to <laughs> make one happen for much longer than the parenting book. So it just the timing kind of worked out. Um, but 
yeah, it was just kind of a new organic growth and new medium for me to get into. Um, and I think something that's really exciting about um, picture books in particular is that it's really the first space where we're starting to see in children's media, especially mainstream children's media, where we're starting to see more of a saturation of different kinds of representation, queer and trans representation for kids. Um, so it's really exciting to kind of be a part of the growth of that yeah. subject in, uh, in books. Yeah. And I uh, just learned that it is a long process, mu a much longer process um, from start oh gosh, to yeah. publication for a children's picture book than it is for like even a, a work of nonfiction um, which surprised me, um, but there's a lot, a lot yeah. more moving parts, I guess. Yeah, it takes a, it takes a, I mean, books take a long time generally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Rainbow Parenting, Rainbow Parenting, I think I start, so 2019 was the TED Talk, and kind of after that is when I really started kind of starting, beginning to develop the proposal for it that we then sold um, in March of 2021. And we sold the picture book in November of 2021. So not too, too long afterwards. Um, but, and I mean, my work on the picture book was done very early, maybe like a couple of months after that, I sent in my final, um, my final manuscript. Um, but yeah, I mean, the illustration, getting the sketches, getting the illustrations, and then obviously the production of the book itself um takes quite uh it takes a minute i think it's taking so this november would be a year would be the two years which is the same as the parenting um are you I'm having visitors i know i know i just kind of like they kicked me out of my hotel room early and um i don't know i hope i think there's a conference around here and i hope i didn't steal a room accidentally um but uh Sorry about that. That's okay. Um, hey. <laughs> We're glad you're here. <laughs> things happen when you're on tour. And yeah. Trying to find a quiet space yeah. to do a podcast. Last week, um, I talked to a guy who was uh, in a stairwell. So. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yikes. Yeah. Um, hopefully, I don't get kicked out of here. I, I did lock the door. That's why they're having trouble getting in. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, they give up and go somewhere else. Um but uh, yeah, so we were talking about, yeah, picture books take a long time. So this November would be the same kind of like two years as the parenting book. And it's not coming out until fall of 2024. So it's like an extra, I don't know, however many months that is. Yeah, yeah. So what <laughs> did you enjoy most about writing these two very different books? Very different, yeah. Um, I really, for the picture book, I really love the collaboration with my editor. Um, it really, because I, picture books, are one, very hard to write, and two, like my voice in picture book writing is very different than really anything that I do outside because it's such a visual medium. Um, and, you know, I, I also write for animation, but that's very script forward. That's very conversational um, versus a picture book that is very, I think it's closest to poetry, honestly. Yeah. And I, I, it's a, it's just a really different muscle to work. And my editor was just so lovely and we went back and forth on kind of like what she liked about the voice that I was bringing and how we could focus in on that um, yeah, and pair that with it, the visual language. If you think about mm -hmm. it, you have to write a story, uh, a profound mm -hmm. story, right? With very few words. <laughs> 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very few words. Your words have to be very purposeful. And I would say, I wouldn't say that there's like a very um, tangible like narrative to the picture book. It's very visual and very, um, it really plays with metaphor and like uh, feelings, right? So a lot of what the book is, is okay. How does this word make me feel? Does it feel like putting my favorite sweater on? Does it feel like uh, my mom making me my favorite meal for lunch and tapping into those emotions and using a visual language to help describe that for a kid. Um, so it was, it's a, yeah, that's kind of like where the poetry of it all feel, uh, kind of fits together. Mm-hmm. And then um, the parenting book, extremely different process. Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, it's, it's a, you have a 34 page picture book with very limited word count, probably closer to like 300. And then the pick, the parenting book that's like over 200 pages long, right? So it was just a real like having to translate, you know, um, you know, a, you know less, a little bit less than like a decade's worth of experience um lived experience but also kind of my expertise onto the page and so it was just a lot of just like pulling words out of my brain um and dumping them onto a page and then attempting to figure out how to structure them in a way that would be legible to other people um so it definitely went through quite a process it was also my first this is also my first kind of like large um, scale writing project like i've never written anything this long (laughs) before this um So uh, that was definitely a learning process of like, okay, how do I physically accomplish such a large task? Um, And so hacking my ADHD brain was a big part of that for sure. That's great. That is great. And um, so this is like your first work, uh, nonfiction or fiction. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, Yeah. In books. Yeah, Yeah. 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 That's wonderful. And, and so what would you think? is the single most important um, aspect of parenting an LGBTQ plus child? Yeah, um, there's a bunch of stuff that I talk about in the book, but a, a couple of things that come to mind are first and foremost, um, understanding that most people assume that every child will grow up to be straight and cisgender. And so much of the work of my book is dismantling that and helping people reorient and reframe how they look at the young people in their lives and say, oh, you could grow up to be so many different things. There are so many possibilities for you as a young person coming into yourself and learning about yourself and discovering who you are in relationship to the world and who you could be. And so it's really about, okay, how can I dismantle that assumption that I'm making about the young people in my lives and how can I shift the center of gravity to acknowledge and expose them to more diverse possibility models for themselves so that they can then in turn discover and experiment and understand what language makes sense for them as they're learning about who they are right Mm -hmm. so that's kind of like a a a big big part of the book and then the other thing is just like gaining confidence and you know not getting too um caught up in being uh, overwhelmed by topics that seem complex that really can be very accessible to young people yeah wow that's a that's a lot (laughs) <laughs> Did you have to do a lot of research <laughs> for uh, your book? Yeah, I, 
you know, uh, people have been asking me this question. There's certainly a lot of research in it. Um, but I would say that, like, I didn't do, like, a big, like, research dive. A lot of this is just stuff that I've picked up along the way of developing an expertise in this work. And so that's just, like, you know, when I was writing, I was just, you know, making sure I was on Twitter and following all the thought leaders and people who are smarter than I am, who I can pull from um, to help develop, um, you know, the language that I'm trying to create around this book. Um, so yes, there's definitely research that I did and research that's in there, but a lot of it's really just like accumulating knowledge over the past decade or so of doing this work and uh, the field that I'm a part of. Wow. And was there anything that, like, in doing research or along your journey uh, in this field, is there anything that, that you learned that you found to be, like, surprising, almost shocking? Um, I don't know if there was anything shocking for me, but there's uh, one, like, fun fact that I love to pull out that I think always resonates with people, mm -hmm. that the American Academy of Pediatrics has found that most kids have a solid understanding of their gender identity by the age of four. Um, and so I think, like, if that helps people kind of think back to their own childhoods, like, okay, four years old, like, how was I thinking about my gender? Did I have, like not necessarily like an understanding of gender in the way that we as adults understand gender and the complexities and nuances of it all. But like, okay, like, did I have a solid understanding of like, how I wanted to express myself, and how innately I felt about myself and who and, and where kind of like gender felt for me? Did I have a strong sense of that at that age? And most people say yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, you just made me room reminded me that one of my mom's best friends uh who knew mm -hmm. me as a child told me that when by the time I was four years old she knew that I was a lesbian like she just knew mm -hmm. um and uh I was so young so that's wild yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I totally believe that so um uh compared to like writing fiction like I, I would mm -hmm. think that writing um, a, a piece of nonfiction um, would just be a, a much longer, much more involved process. Um, what What are your thoughts about that? Um, how long did it take you to to get through this? Yeah, I um, do as I say and not as I do. Um, I, in my original proposal for this book, said I could write it in six months. Um, that was uh, <laughs> extremely ambitious. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was also over like the six months in which I got married and like had to deal with Pride Month, which is also always incredibly busy. Um, so uh, if you take anything away from this conversation as uh, writers <laughs> who might be listening to it, um, give yourself more time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've never written a fiction novel before or anything like that. 
Um, I imagine it has different challenges. I think that something that's interesting about fiction versus nonfiction, especially in like the publishing world, is that for fiction generally, especially with your debut, you usually have to have a full manuscript to go out with before um, anything happens with it. And so for me, that wasn't the case. And I had a, I had a full on proposal, which certainly was a lot of work in its own way, but you're kind of selling um, the body of work differently than you would in fiction. Um, so I had to, you know, <laughs> sign the contract and then start writing, uh, which is its own beast. Um, yeah, I think it just has its different challenges. I mean, so I, in terms of like fiction, I write scripts. I'm a script writer. That's kind of where like a lot of the like fiction work that I do sort of lies. And um, I mean, I got to, I have a, I have a full length screenplay that I've written and I really just got to like live with those characters and have let my imagination run wild and like sit with like the dialogue and just kind of like let those scenes play out in my head. And I think for me, writing in that way is just like a lot more organic in a way. Like I can let, like it feels more like playing pretend as a child, right? Yeah. Like I have these like little people in my head that I can fiddle with and and I can look at the full story and I can shape it and I can tweak things. I can think about thematic and I can think about um, what I want the story to say overall. And writing nonfiction, this book in particular for me was very different. It was really just about like, okay, I need to think about this topic really deeply. And I just got to put like a bunch of words on the page and just and just input a lot of information for myself and, and figure out how I want to um, frame that for an audience. And I mean, this book went through a lot of different structural iterations too, where we've kind of landed with it um, in the iteration that it is now is this kind of big section at the beginning about how to kind of deconstruct internalized stigmas the reader might have around queerness and transness in kids. And that's kind of like the top section. That's kind of like, if we're learning to swim, that's dipping your toe in the cold water and starting to wade in gingerly, hesitantly, depending on the temperature, right? Yeah, yeah. And then kind of once you get past that, um, it goes um, by kind of like developmental age. So there's a section on infancy, a section on toddlers, a section on kind of pre-K years, and then a section on kind of like kindergarten plus. And so we go through that. And by the time you get to kind of like the older age range, you're in the deep end of the pool without necessarily being aware of that. Um, and that's kind of like how it's structured to make it just really accessible. And like, that's not to say that like it's easy. Uh, there's definitely work to be put in um, as you're going through the book. But I think it's really important to, um, to kind of like let yourself uh, ease into that process and let it happen and just kind of go through and not worry too, too much about it. And, uh, cause I think a lot of what I talk about is certainly like conceptual and ideas, but there are a lot of kind of practical things that I suggest that you can do. Like what I was talking about, um, establishing a pronoun practice with your child, with the children in your life. And there are lots of different ways to, uh, a lot of people have been talking about, um, kind of I've given, been getting feedback about something that's resonated for people is um, when I talk about queerness and the idea of how to talk about what queerness is to your child and this idea that queerness is difference, right? It's something that's not the quote unquote normal. 
And a way that I talk about explaining that to a child is, okay, let's take breakfast, let's take cereal, let's put out a row of Cheerios and let's observe what we see about those Cheerios. And then what happens to that conversation when we put one Fruit Loop in that line of Cheerios? That Fruit Loop is different than those Cheerios. What is different about it? Is it the color? Is it the shape? Is it bigger than the rest of the Cheerios? And and what about that is not necessarily good or bad, right? Like we like Cheerios and we write like Fruit Loops. Mm -hmm. There's nothing inherently wrong with the fact that that Fruit Loop is different than those Cheerios. And honestly, I personally like Fruit Loops better than Cheerios. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's a really, exactly, exactly. So that's just like a really, I think, accessible way and um, very, very practical way of explaining something that like might feel complicated to an adult but is really tangible and can make it um, just uh, really easy for a kid to understand at their level. Yeah, that's a great analogy. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to have to pass that one along. Uh, Please do. I'm going to steal that one. Uh, (laughs) So is your background in lifespan development or LGBTQ studies? Um, My background's in children's storytelling and uh, theater for young audiences. That's kind of where it all started. Um, I was an undergrad and I was uh, kind of falling in love with children's storytelling and was taking gender studies classes and queer theory at the same time and was starting to kind of like figure out myself and my identity very, very early on in that journey. And I kind of like looked at these two things and wondered why they couldn't speak to each other. And so started kind of pursuing that and Mm -hmm. figuring out how to get uh, queer and trans representation in children's storytelling. And that kind of led to my web series. And uh, yeah, now we're here. (laughs) Do you want to put a plug in for your web series? Yeah, sure. It's called Queer Kid Stuff. Um, It lives on YouTube. You can also check out my website, queerkidstuff.com. yeah, that's that's what it is. We it's me and my like childhood teddy bear, and uh, you know I grab my ukulele and it's lots of songs and very simple short form videos. Uh, what is gender? What is what does non-binary mean? What are the LGBTs? What is consent? Um, very accessible um, and easy to digest. Okay, that's great. That's great. So, yeah. um, are you currently working on anything right now? Um, I have the book that's kind of been the major thing um, and touring and doing my family yeah. performances as well as the okay. adult events. I also have a, I also have a podcast called Rainbow Parenting, um, same as the book. And um, on the YouTube channel, I've been doing weekly videos where I read LGBTQ plus picture books, um, LGBT books, picture books by LGBTQ plus authors. And so that's been um, really, really fun. Uh, it's called Teddy's Book Club. It's on the Queer Kids Stuff YouTube channel every week. And uh, so I get yeah, this I picture of... that you're just such a slacker, like you're just lazing around. <laughs> <laughs> Not doing anything. Yeah. No, I'm, uh, that's amazing. Yeah, you have. <laughs> yeah, lots of stuff going on. Yeah. So um, your podcast, Rainbow Parenting, I'm assuming that's kind of mm-hmm. based on the book. And yeah, it's really an expansion of the book. I talked to, I essentially talked to experts in the field, um, people who you'll recognize from the book as well, but also folks who are um, in adjacent spaces. Uh, I just had a conversation with uh, the senior 
entertainment analyst at Glad, and we talked about kind of uh, what the queer and trans representation in kids and family media has looked like over the past decade. Um, but I've also talked with picture book authors and uh, yeah, just like really incredible people. Um, I had a chat with uh, Miss Major, who is a, a black trans elder who was at the Stonewall riots. And we, I talked to her about her journey as a parent. Nice. Um, yeah, so it's been uh, really fantastic. I'm, I'm, I've really enjoyed it. And it's a really wonderful, if the book is like as 101 as you can get, I'd say the podcast is closer to like a 201, 301 if you're um, looking at that. Okay, that's a good descriptor. So how would our listeners, where would they find Rainbow Parenting Podcast? Wherever you like to get your podcast. All right, that's good to know. Excellent. So um, what is, like, what um, words of advice would you have for uh, any parents out there who is struggling? Where, where would they go? What would they do? Yeah, I think that, first of all, they can buy my book. Yeah. <laughs> um, they can buy my book. Um, and I think, like, the biggest piece of advice is, you know, it's okay to make mistakes. It is okay to not know everything. And, you know, if you're not a part of the LGBTQ plus community, but you want to raise allies, you want to raise kids in a queer and gender affirming way, showing them all the possibilities of who they could become you know, not getting so overwhelmed. I think there are a lot of internalized obstacles that parents have around talking about gender, around talking about sexuality, when we're really kind of taking our full lived experience as adults into those conversations. But kids are not approaching these topics in that way. They don't have a lot of these internalized stigmas that grownups bring to these conversations. So giving yourself the, you know, it's okay for me to make mistakes. It's okay for me not to know everything. What's most important is just starting to have these conversations with your kids and using existing resources, obviously my book, but like also tons and tons of LGBTQ plus picture books that really start these conversations for you that give you characters and visuals to show your child of like, this is what a family could look like. This is also a different kind of family. And that's the conversation about sexuality. And I think people get, um, get really hung up on talking about, you know, if I'm talking about sexuality, do I have to talk about sex? And I think it's really about, okay, but is your child actually asking about sex? And what is the question that they're coming to you with? Where is their curiosity leading? And really following that lead and um, answering the question that they're actually asking, mm -hmm. <laughs> I think is, uh, yeah. Yep. yep. That's good advice. Great advice. You know, and it's, um, Excellent. <laughs> I think parents always need to know that it's okay to make mistakes, you know, regardless of, yeah. of what you're doing, you know, we're not perfect. Um, and and parents are allowed to make mistakes they don't have to be perfect parents. exactly yeah. exactly yeah and i think you know people put too much pressure on themselves um and expect a lot 100 percent. yeah yeah absolutely yeah uh that's not the kind of world we live in so so uh where are you off to next Linz? i know you're on a book tour um and yes. you're in new england and and where are you off to mm -hmm. Uh, my next stop to kind of wrap things up is New York City. 
I have a bunch of events. I'm doing an adult event at Blue Stockings Bookstore Thursday evening uh, this week. I'm I'm not totally sure when this episode is going to come out, um, but I'm also doing family performances at the Children's Museum of Manhattan and with the New York Children's Theater Company. Very excited for those. I also am hosting a virtual event, um, bringing together a ton of awesome queer and trans family performers. Um, Jules from Songs for Littles, the Alphabet Rockers, who are Grammy winners, um, Miss Katie Sings, lots of really wonderful people. Um, and we're doing that on Wednesday, June 28th to celebrate the Stonewall anniversary. And folks can register for that through QueerKidsStuff.com. Um, and we'll have access to the recording afterwards if they can't make the actual time. Oh, wonderful. That's great that you're recording it. I like that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And so if folks wanted to purchase your book, Rainbow Parenting, where would they go? Mm -hmm. Uh, You can go wherever you like to get your books. I would personally recommend either bookshop.org or your favorite uh, women or queer owned indie bookstore. Excellent. Excellent. And so uh, once again, this is Lynn's Amer and um, her book, or their book is Rainbow Parenting, Raising Queer Kids and Their Allies. Um, so I would really like to thank you, Linz, for being on the show. Um, do you have any parting words for our listeners? Uh, thank you so much for having me. I hope uh, folks enjoyed this conversation and uh, there's a lot more of it where it came from. Yes, great. Um, I'm sure we will. And uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you around. Um, sounds like, yeah, yeah. Uh, this isn't it for you. Uh, I have a feeling. No, there's lots going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. So thanks again, Linz, uh, Amer, for being on the show. Um, it was uh, great chatting with you, really was. Um, and oh, I'll, thanks. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, all the best on your tour. Um, and that's all thank the time you. we have for today. And I'm Anita Kelly. Thanks for joining Let's talk about books, baby. Uh, Until next time, may your journey be lighthearted, peace be plenty, and be safe, folks.